الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وخاتم النبيين وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين ومن تبعهم بإحسان ودعا بدعوتهم إلى يوم الدين وبعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في محكم تنزيله بعد نعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال تعالى يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا وقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما صدق الله العظيم My dear respected brothers and sisters, young friends and respected elders, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. These three ayats that are recited in front of you, these are known as the ayats of that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would most frequently recite in the beginning of his khutbahs, the khutbatul haja, any particular need that would arise and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would address that situation and would speak then he would begin by reciting these three ayat. They're not limited to nikah. If you have been attending a lot of shadis in this nikah season, shadi season, which has been squished now due to the Ramadan coming in between the summer, frequent nikahs, then we might have heard these ayat. But that is another issue, that at the actual nikah, very few people are there, and participating in the dua, and the rest of the festivities and rituals, some that may be sanctioned, some that may be against the orders of Allah and the Rasul, that is where everyone is present. But if you have been attending nikahs, we would be hearing these ayat. And be, but they are not limited to nikah. These ayats were recited by Rasulullah for sure. Whenever he performed any nikah in his entire life, in the entire seerah, in the hadith literature, we find every single nikah Rasulullah ever performed between the Sahaba and Sahabiyat, he would recite these same ayat. And what is noteworthy is that it is the same order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is repeated four times in these ayat. None of the ayats have anything directly to dealing with nikah. Even though there are many ayats that deal with nikah in the Quran, the rights of women, the rights of men, the rights and obligations and how to treat each other with kindness. Yet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would not recite those ayat he would save them for other occasions. At this important juncture, he would recite these same ayat. And what is the same command that is repeated throughout these ayat? It is Amr bi taqwa. It is an order from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to inculcate taqwa in one's life. Ya ayyuhalladheena, first ayah, ittaqullaha haqqa tuqati. Inculcate taqwa in your life. The way it is the right of Allah that you inculcate taqwa. And Surah An-Nisa, first ayah. It comes twice. Ya yuhanna suttaqu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum min nafsin wahidah. And then moving on. Wa khalaqa minha zawjaha wa batha minhuma rijalan kathirun wa nisa. Wa attaqu Allah. Comes twice. And third one is from the end of Surah Al-Ahzab. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu attaqu Allah. Wa quulun qawlan sadida. So we can see that on important occasions, whether it's in a nikah, whether it's a khutbah of Eid, whether it's a khutbah of Jum'ah, whether it was addressing the ummah, at an important juncture, 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would keep on reinforcing the commandment of taqwa. And taqwa is such a broad subject that we can discuss at great length. But just for today's discussion, I would like to limit it to one definition of taqwa. A very early definition and a very beautiful description of what is taqwa given by one of the greatest scholars of this ummah. May Allah be pleased with him. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa himself has testified to his knowledge. And he has said, أَنَا مَدِينَةُ الْعِلْمِ وَعَلِيٌّ بَابُهَا I am the city of knowledge and Ali is his door. Ali karamallahu wa radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, the fourth khalifa of Islam, the cousin of Rasulullah sallallahu and the great alim of the Qur'an and the sunnah, he has given a very beautiful definition of what is taqwa. This term that we hear thrown around all the time, he has broken it down in a very simple manner. And as he was not only the master of Qur'an, master of the noom of Sharia, he was also a master in the Arabic language. So he mentioned the definition of taqwa in a very poetic way, in a very rhyming fashion, with words that rhyme. He, he gives four words. He said, At-taqwa, this is again Ali radiallahu anhu's definition. He said, At-taqwa al-khawfu min al-jaleel, wal-amalu bit-tanzeel, wal-qana'atu bil-qaleel, wal-isti'adadu liyawmir-raheel. Four things. Al-khawfu min al-jaleel, wal-amalu bit-tanzeel, wal-qana'atu bil-qaleel, wal-isti'adadu liyawmir-raheel. This is how it has been narrated that Ali has defined taqwa. The first of the four elements is al-khawfu min al-jaleel. To have true fear in, and to remain in awe of Allah Azza wa Jal. And he chose the word jaleel, the most powerful, supreme Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What type of fear? Fear not that a person is terrified, that he's shivering in the closet because he's afraid. He has khawfu min al-jaleel, he has fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But rather, he's not afraid that Allah will be unjust with him, that Allah will oppress him. Inna Allah la nasa shay'a. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not do any oppression on anyone. Wala yudhlamuna naqeera, wala yudhlamuna shay'a. They will not be oppressed in the, to the slightest degree. No one will be given. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will establish adal on the day of judgment, justice. There will be adal, and that is as bad as it can get. But beyond adal will be fadl, the grace and bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person will receive rewards for actions he has not done. His sins may be forgiven without any due cause, but no one will be punished without due cause. One beautiful representation of this is we see. The beautiful symmetry in the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Symmetry is something that we like when we design this masjid. Alhamdulillah, if you see, it's not one and a half minaret. May Allah protect the masjid. There's two beautiful minarets. So this is the symmetry that we appreciate in our small creations as human beings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He has created the heavens and the earth, He has created symmetry. خَلَقَ سَبْعَ سَمَاوَاتٍ وَمِنَ الْأَرْضِ مثلهن. He has created seven heavens 
and like the seven heavens, he has created seven earths. So this is, is the whole tafsir of what, what, what are the seven earths, what are the seven heavens, we cannot have time to go there. It's not referring to the seven continents. So there are seven heavens, seven earths. So when it comes to Jannah and Jahannam, you would imagine that there would be symmetry as well. When it comes to Jahannam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَهَا سَبْعَةُ أَبْوَابِ لِكُلِّ بَابٍ مِّنْهُمْ جُزْءٌ مَقْصُومٌ That the Jahannam has seven doors. And for each door of Jahannam, there is a group that has been assigned. This is the door of those, for example, who commit shirk. This is the door of those who commit nifaq, hypocrisy. This is the door of those who commit moral crimes and fahsha. لِكُلِّ بَابٍ مِّنْهُمْ جُزُمْ مَقْصُومٌ Every door has a specific category of sinners. And when it comes to Jannah, naturally if you had to fill in the blank, you would imagine that Jannah also would have seven doors. Because Jahannam has seven doors. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu mentions in a hadith that a person who recites the dua, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu rasuluhu, Allahumma ja'alni min at-tawabin, wa ja'alni min al-mutadhahirin, wa ja'alni min ibadika salihin, wa ja'alni min al-ladhina la khawfun alayhim wa lahum yahzanun. After making mudu, tuftahu lahu abwaabu al-jannah al-thamaniyah. Then the, all the eight doors of Jannah will be open for him. There are other hadiths about the eight doors of Jannah. Rasulullah said that if a person has any one door of Jannah open for him, it's sufficient for salvation. He just rushes through before he closes. But imagine there will be a person that all the eight doors of Jannah will be open for him. So Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu asked, Ya Rasulullah, is there any way I can hope to be amongst them or the one that the eight doors of Jannah will be open? Rasulullah said, Arju an takuna minhum. I believe you are the one. The eight doors of Jannah, they will be in fact vying with one another, competing with one another. Who will get the honor that Abu Bakr will, has entered through me, through him or through it? So the point has been established, there are eight doors of Jannah, whereas there are seven doors of Jannah. So why is this discrepancy? Why is there one more extra door in, in Jannah? So there are seven different sins. For the seven different sins, there are seven different doors of Jahannam. Likewise, maintaining that symmetry, there are seven beautiful good deeds. For those seven beautiful good deeds, there are seven doors in Jannah. Like Rasulullah mentioned, those who will perfect their fast, they do not only abstain from eating and drinking, and having relations, but rather they also abstain from lying, from cheating, from speaking ill, from backbiting. And they fast, nafal fast throughout the year. They fasted also the sixth fast of Shawwal, which is now over now, if you have not, it's only a few days left. And they also fast Mondays, Thursdays, on 13th, 14th, 15th of the lunar month, etc. For those people, they will enter Jannah through Babur Rayyan. So this is one of the doors of Jannah, Babur Rayyan. Rayyan is the one who is fresh after a person drinks a nice glass of water and he feels the hydration and, and he feels hydrated and he feels relaxed and fresh, that feeling is the rayyan. So they will enter Jannah through rayyan, the rayyan gate. Likewise, Rasulullah said, the father is the door of Jannah. You may honor your father and, 
and secure your entry through the door of the father or you may disrespect your father and deprive yourself of entry through that door etc etc so there are seven good deeds then the eighth extra door in jannah which has no corresponding door in jahannam side is for those people who have no good deeds to their credit they don't have any good deeds they are entering jannah purely through the fadl and grace of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without any istihqaq without any right without deserving in the least can there be any such corresponding gate in jahannam side that those people who do not deserve to enter jahannam purely through the anger of allah he decides that okay you will burn in hell no there is no such eighth door that's why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to establish this he kept the difference between eight doors of jannah and seven doors of jahannam so when we say al khawfu min al jalil we are not afraid of any injustice from allah we are not afraid that he will wrong us in any way rather we fear that that allah who is honoring us who is bestowing so many favors upon us who is so kareem and so rahim so loving so merciful who is addressing us and saying ya ayuhan nas ya ayuhal insanu ma gharraka bi rabbikal kareem o human being what has beguiled you and turn, made you turn away from your benevolent lord who is telling us fafiru ila allah turn towards me turn towards me who is al mun'imul haqiqiyyu who is the true benefactor who has given us so many blessings wa in ta'uddu ni'matallahi la tuhsuha if you try to fully thank Allah for one ni'mah, one blessing, you will not be able to do so. In the Arabic language, for the plural of blessings is ni'am. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not say, وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعَمَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْسُوهَا If you try to count the blessings of Allah, you will not be able to do so. He said, use a singular word, ni'matun. وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ If you try to thank Allah for one blessing only, you will not be able to do so. Because if you single out one single blessing and you try to thank Allah for that then the tawfiq that you were granted to thank him is a, is a separate blessing so you, it deserves to Allah deserves to be thanked for granting the tawfiq to recognize his blessing and thank him in the first place so that is the second blessing on his own that deserves to be thanked for and then to be able to recognize that the tawfiq of shukr is another blessing that is worthy of being thankful for is another blessing and this is this is a continuous unending cycle which is cycle it will never end that's what it means you can never thank Allah for even one blessing the most we can do is come to the realization that we are incapable of thanking him so what what does khawfu min al-jaleel, the first element, mean? It means that we are afraid that those blessings might stop. That that pleasure and happiness might turn into anger and disappointment because of such a disappointment that we deserve through our own actions. And such a fear of Allah, al-khawfu min al-jaleel, that will prevent a person from disobeying Him. This is what Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has asked for in his dua. Allahumma qsim lana min khashyatik. Oh Allah, grant us such khashiyah, such fear of you. Ma tahulu bihi bainana wa bainama asika. That will prevent us from disobeying you. 
So a person has to have that much fear of Allah, that much fear of the just retribution of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that if he chooses, he may take me to task. And what will I do? What, how will I face him? That level of shame has to be there. That is the khawfu min al-jaleel. The first part of taqwa. And we have to wrap it up. We have three more. What's the second one? Al-amalu bil-tanzeel. To the best of our ability, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he talks about taqwa, he says, Fear Allah, inculcate taqwa to the best of your ability. To the best of your ability to observe the orders of Allah. Amalu bil-tanzeel. To make amal on that which has been revealed by Allah in the Quran. We fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we do not disobey Him. We abstain from His disobedience. And number two is amalu bil-tanzeel. We do that, we comply with His orders. Recognizing the very, very simple, basic, elementary logic. It is not rocket science. He is our master, we are his slave. We must do as he bids us. It is as simple as that. We do not have to make it more complicated. Amalu bi tanzil. He is our Rabb. He is not only our Rabb, he is the Rabbul Alameen. إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ رَبُّهُ أَسْلِمْ قَالَ أَسْلَمْتُ لِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Like our father, forefather Ibrahim, when he was asked, submit, he said, why not? How can I not submit to the Lord of the worlds? This is number two, amal bit tanzil, to act upon the injunctions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naturally, that would include to learn what those injunctions are and to implement them to the best of one's ability. This is a part of taqwa. Number three is al qanaatu bil qalil, to remain content with whatever Allah has provided. Even though relative to others, it might be considered less, qalil. Qalil is a very, it's a relative term, it's a subjective term. It means whatever a person has, depends on who he's comparing with. What we learn in our deen is that when it comes to worldly blessings, we tend to compare. So who should we compare with? Compare with those who are less blessed than ourselves. This will create shukr and thankfulness within us. And when it comes to the deen, then we should compare with those who are ahead of us. This will create the desire and the urge to further our efforts in the deen. Our situation is 100% exactly reverse. Just 100% reverse. The person who is on the street, he wishes he had an apartment. The person who has a one-bedroom apartment looks at the two-bedroom apartment. The one who has a two-bedroom apartment looks at a condo. The one who has a condo looks at the townhouse. The townhouse looks at the ranch house, independent. The one who has a ranch looks at the double story. The double story looks at the triple story. Then he looks forward at the one who has a mansion. The one who has a mansion looks at the one who has multiple mansions and palaces. So we are always looking at the one ahead of us. When it comes to the deen, the one who is performing five times, Daily salah in jamaat, he says these people don't even perform in jamaat. Those who perform it individually, they look at those who don't even perform, look at least I'm performing my salah. And those who perform few prayers, they perform jumaat, they say look at those people, they don't even perform jumaat. And those who perform Eid, they look at those that, can you believe it, Eid was on Sunday, yet he didn't make it for Eid. So everyone is looking at the one below him in deen. And what happens when you look at the person below in deen? This creates complacency. We are happy. Whatever level. Even the person who is so lost, 
that he's only performing Eid Salah the whole year. The Munadi Allah, the caller to Allah is saying, Hayya al-Salah, Hayya al-Falah, and he is turning a deaf ear. Yet he says, I'm so good. These people don't perform Eid even when, by calculation, by moon sighting, by Saudi sighting, all sighting, it was on Sunday. It was only one Eid for the first time. It was on Sunday and he couldn't perform Eid. Look, I performed Eid. So I'm better than him. So we're looking at the one below us. In dunya, we're looking at the one ahead of us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He knows our nature, that we have within us the nature of competition. Allah ta'ala doesn't want, doesn't want us to change our nature. Like Rasulullah sallallahu when He came upon the Sahaba, He didn't change their natures. If Umar radiallahu anhu was strict and severe against Islam, then He remained strict and severe, but for Islam. أَشَدُّهُمْ fi أَمْرِ اللَّهِ Umar. The severest and strongest in the matters of Allah is Umar. So he remained strong. After he accepted Islam, he didn't become weak and meek. He remained strong. But instead of going to assassinate Rasulullah, he was ready to assassinate the munafiq who dared object against the order of Rasulullah. So we, Islam comes to change our perspective, our priority, our, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to change our entire nature. So Allah Ta'ala knows that we have within us the spirit of competition. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, keep that, but compete in righteous deeds. In acquiring the blessings of Jannah, those who want to compete, let the competition begin. Run, sari'u, is compete with one another, race, to acquire the forgiveness of your Lord. See who can be the finalist who can cross the finish line first. Sari'u means to race. Ila maghfiratim min rabbikum. To acquire the forgiveness of your Lord. Wajannatin. In that jannah. Arduha samawat wal ard. The shorter dimension. The width, not the length of. Is greater than the distance between the heavens and the earth. Sari'u. Compete. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to compete in righteous deeds. And wants us to be content. This is part of taqwa. Walqana'atu bilqaleel. To be content with whatever we have. And number four, number four and final is isti'adadu liyawmir rahil. To prepare for the day, time of departure. This is confirmed, it's confirmed that we have to depart from this world. We are all in a journey. It's just the time is unknown. It's like, you know, when you're traveling in the airport and there was a technical fault in the plane, so, so they're changing the plane. So now that the departure is confirmed, but what is it? The exact time is not known. So what do the airline personnel announce? They say, please remain close to the gate. Because we do not know exactly when the plane will be ready. But once the plane is ready, and our mechanical crew, they okay it, we are going to be ready to take off. If you are so ghafil and negligent, and heedless and oblivious, that you want to go on a tour, and you fall into the trap of the materialistic propaganda of this duty-free shopping, so there's no duty, but the actual price is so much higher, and you're lost in the duty-free shopping. Perhaps your wife dragged you there. Whatever the case may be. 
then you might lose your, miss your flight. So likewise, Ali is reminding, Isti'dadu rahil. The journey is confirmed. The time is unknown. Be prepared for that day before it comes. I conclude with one example of the Salaf radiallahu ta'ala anhum that it comes under the tafsir of this ayah the same ayah that I happened to recite earlier Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu tuqullah haqqa tuqatih wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun make sure you do not die but in a state of Islam what does that mean? make sure you do not die but in a state of Islam do we control the time of our death? no so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that kama tahyun tamutun wa kama tamutun tuhsharun the way you live now, that is how you will die. The way you die, that is how you will be raised. So if you live now in the present as a true Muslim, inshallah you will die as a Muslim. So one person, he was making a study. And he wanted to make a survey of the different mashayikh. And he went and asked them one standard question. And this was not just to collect data and present it and publish it. But rather, so he could reflect on it and implement it in his own life. And the standard survey question was a very beautiful, thought-provoking question. If you knew for certain today was the last day of your life, what would your schedule be? How would you live your day, pass your day? What activities would you do? So different mashayikh gave him different answers. And he was gathering that information and he was learning. To implement it. But the most unique answer he got from one of the mashayikh is mind-blowing if we actually understand what he's saying. When he was asked the question, if you know for a fact today is the last day of your life, how would you change your schedule? He said, I would absolutely make no change in my schedule. Every single day, this is my intention, and this is my perspective, that today could be the last day of my life. That is how I lead every day of my life. There would be no change in my schedule whatsoever. So this is what taqwa is. Isti'dadu rahil To prepare for the day. If we ask, who is ready after salah, volunteers, we need to pick up the musallas in the lobby. Who is ready? We would have several brothers raise their hands. Who is ready? To help for the donation for the parking lot, brothers would raise their hands. Who is ready for this task? But if we ask, who is ready after the Jummah to die? This, after Jummah says salam, who is ready to die? Then how many of us would be ready to raise our hands? This is a serious question we have to ask ourselves. This is what isti'dadu liyawmir rahil. How many people we owe money? Outstanding debts. The shaheed who gives his life for the sake of Islam, his He's still not accepted. His matter is pending. Until, except for the, what he owes others. This is hukukul ibad. What about hukukullah? The rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many salah we missed? We have not made qada. How many zakat we have missed? We have not made qada. How many fast we have missed? We have not made it up. When our student days, we said, oh, it's exam time, so I don't have to fast. We missed fast. So many things are outstanding. We have to go back over our books and be ready whenever the call comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the malakul maut knocks on our door. We are ready to say, Labbaik, Labbaik. We are present. We are ready. 
In fact, not only we are ready, but Rasulullah said, Al-Mawtu Tuhfatul Mu'min. That is a gift for the believer. Yusiru al-Habib ila al-Habib. Al-Mawtu Jasrun. That is that bridge. It's intiqal, it's a movement. It's not the end. It takes the lover to his beloved. The lover is looking forward to enjoy his investments that he has sent forth in the Jannah and to meet his creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The avenue for that is death. Through death he reaches Allah. It's not something we shy away from or afraid of, but rather something we prepare for and look eagerly forward to it. We do not bring it upon ourselves and kill ourselves. لا تقتلوا أنفسكم Do not kill yourself. Do not bring destruction. لا تلقوا أيديكم إلى التحلوكة But when it comes in in the decree of Allah comes, we are ready for it. That's the condition of a mu'min, a true believer. So, istidadu liyawmi rahil Preparing for the time of departure whenever it comes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all among the muttaqeen and grant us all of these four elements of taqwa in the reality before we meet him. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين. Let us perform a sunnah inshallah.